Welcome back to the show, guys, for the first episode of 2022, the sideline story of Leilani Latu. Recently retired from the NRL and Super League, Leilani's road to reaching the highest levels of rugby league was never an easy one. A West Tigers junior who flourished in the Canterbury Bulldogs representative system to then debut as a Penrith Panther for first grade is just the tip of the iceberg. Over two and a half decades of hard work and sacrifice, Leilani never steers away from his humility throughout this interview. He epitomizes what this podcast is set out to do. He shows the positive reinforcement of a rugby league upbringing, a come up of how this great game shaped his life to enable him to share his sideline story. Lani and I were old mates back in primary school. He was a champion bloke then, he's a champion bloke now, and it was truly great to catch up with him. So wherever you are listening around the world, I hope you enjoy our chat with Lani as much as we did. You're listening to The Sideline Story, the past, present and future of rugby league, their journey, their sideline story. Story Rugby League podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Tassoni, joined with my boy Nicholas Guild to my left here. And on today's episode, beaming in live from St. Helens, England, is our guest, former Penrith Panther, Gold Coast Titan, Warrington Wolves, Indigenous All Star, and Tongan International, Leilani Latu. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you for having us. Um, right, of course. Even though the time difference. Is a bit extravagant. Uh, <laughs> it's all. It's always good to one talk about rugby league and two talk to someone that you know. It, uh, it's going to be a walk down memory lane yeah, of for is. both of us. Yeah, so I'm excited, is. mate. It's um 11 hour difference. Like so, for the viewers, um, I guess knowledge. It's 4:15 p.m. here in Sydney, New South Wales, and St Helens, uh, where you are, and it's 5:15 yep. a.m. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, crazy, mate. Thanks for getting up, by the way. No worries. Mate, Mate, um, like we said um, off air and I'll say on air, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out today to come on the show to share your sideline story with us. Um, For you and I, it's been a long time since we spoke. Mate, we were mates uh, in primary school in the inner west of Sydney. Yeah. Mate, um, and then, um, you know, you... We'll get into it as well, but yeah, your trajectory of your career, your rugby league career at that, it went to higher heights. And mate, I thought you were always destined for it. I thought your um your drive when you're a kid, uh, your mum always coming, taking you to training, like you had the yeah. the discipline to do that to do that, and you did, and you succeeded right. and achieved what you needed to. And right. and mate, I want to take this trip down memory lane with you, and um, I'll repeat myself for a third time. Excited to have you on. Yeah, thank you, bro. let's take it right back. Um, Baby Lani Latu, born February 5th, 1993 in Sydney, New South Wales. How early do you get converted into the rugby league family or as a rugby league fan? Okay. Uh, From from the time that I could 
actually understand and actually see with my own two eyes with what I could explain about what was happening around me. Uh, my my mum and and my myself and my three older siblings uh, for a majority of my childhood, just before I'd come into primary school, uh, we had been we had been moving from homeless shelter to homeless shelter. Yeah. And in the midst of it, we got to watch uh, rugby league on on these like little TVs that would um, just be set up in this like sort of hallway type thing for everyone. And so the first team that I really fell in love with was the Warriors, and Ruben Wilkie was my my uh, inspiration. You know, someone who. Yeah, he just took the ball up, didn't care what was going to happen. He just gritted his teeth and then just he he looked for that impact every single time. And but my 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 drive to want to play rugby league, it didn't stem from it didn't just stem from watching it on TV. It stemmed from my older brother as well. My older brother was really su- successful in the Tigers junior system coming up and he would have made it there in first grade had it not had it not been for a lot of distractions in his life yeah. growing up. He had a lot of interest from rugby union as well. So he was playing the tie. He was playing for Belmont uh, Leichhardt Juniors back then as well. Yeah. He played in the Tigers system, and then he played that on Sunday. But then before that, he was playing rugby union for Parramatta Two Blues, yeah. and. And so he was thriving in both codes. And so he was my role model. He was my motivation to want to succeed. Um, my father at the time uh, was sort of in and out. He had to work all the way in Adelaide and then he would come back for such a time and then go back to Adelaide to work over there. And that was it, really. My, my motivation to want to play, it stemmed from my brother he was always on my back. He was always my coach, explaining things, how some people might see it, but then there's always a reason behind it. And he would say, like, look, it was because of that quick run or that quick play of the ball. That's what created the momentum for them to score. Of course. He allowed me to see things from, from another perspective. An earlier period for you is becoming rugby league aware. Because I know when juniors come through, like you said, the quick play of the ball leads to something else. A lot of kids don't understand that. Right. But you might have understood a little bit earlier than, than some of yeah. the others. Yeah, so I, I, I was playing like our juniors and my mum. So at the age of four, I started playing. And the, the first game that I played was in the under sixes. So, you could, so I, was, I was a pretty big kid. And I was playing with uh, Aaron Woods. I played with Aaron Woods. As a, as, um, when you were under four or when you were four? When, when I was four and he yeah. was six, I was playing yeah. with him for, for maybe one or two seasons. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 my mum always had to bring her birth certificate, my birth certificate. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Wow. She was always getting into fights on the sideline with other parents because – 
other parents were saying he's too big, like there's no way he's he's six. But then she would like, all you would hear is her running around the field abusing the parents (laughs) and then holding 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 a paper in a hand going, Well, here's her here's his birth certificate. Wow. He's he's two years younger than everyone here. Wow. So yeah, that um so that 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 went on for till I was about nine, ten, and then I made the transition over to the Canterbury, the Canterbury comp. When you're ten years old, or nine, ten years old. Yeah, yeah, about ten years old, ten, eleven years old. I I made the transition over there. I played one one year in the Canterbury comp in my age group, yeah. and all the kids were either my height or bigger. So I said, right, like I this like is where this you comp. And then after that was Canterbury, it was all Canterbury after that from, from 12 and above, from 12 years old and above, I stayed in the Canterbury comp. So at what point do you think rugby league was something that you wanted to take up as a possible career? Was it from the outset? Was it when your brother tore you or was it when you went over to um, Canterbury? When, well, I signed my first deal. I signed my first rugby league deal with Canterbury when I was 15 and that was just, I think that was just a year before they broke that deal with Nike. They had Nike as a sponsor. Yeah, right. And so they were giving me all this mad Nike year. And I was like, this is, this is, this is awesome. (laughs) I've got, I've got Nike shoes. I've got Nike boots. I've got all this mad free Nike gear that they've given me. Yeah. Or to say, oh, like we want you in our in our bulldog system, and I signed my first deal when I was fifteen. Then I signed, um, I signed with Sam Ayub at fifteen as well. And uh, Lani, do you mind if I ask? Um, look, when yeah. you sign a deal at fifteen, what sort of what, what other than the gear? What are they offering now? Well, so the the way the way I the way I see it now is is that. Agents and player scouts, they they don't just look at your skill set anymore. If you're a good player and they and they know that you're that you're a good player, they start focusing on the 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 other things that make you a good person. So that means they'll do digging into your school. How's he performing at school? They'll do digging at home, they'll ask your parents, they'll ask peop, friends of your parents friends whose sons play with with him it, they they do this whole thing in order to paint a perfect picture to say right he's a teachable person he's got good quality he's got enough good qualities to be able to learn and become something down the line and so that's that's that that's what I've come to learn because it was something that I was passionate about um, if I was to finish rugby league, being a recruitment officer, being a scouter, that was something that I, I would enjoy doing. Um, but as a 15-year-old, my my mum had come up to me and she said, hey, uh, this guy, this this agent has asked for you. He wants to know who you are. Um, he wants to he wants to speak with you. He he said that he wants to sign you. Yeah. And then it ended up, it ended up being that his son. Sam Ayub's son, Liam, was at the same high school as me at Holy Spirit, except he was in year 10 at the time. 
and so that's been that 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 sort of has been a um the 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 intimate relationship between me and Sam that yeah. he's known me for so long and it hasn't just been a player and agent relationship relationship he's known me through his son being at school through me seeing him pick his son up be with him even at St John's Eagles Liam his son was there so I was seeing Sam everywhere and he was always asking me how are you do you need help do you need these things so yeah yeah uh, I would say I would say when I had when when I had a proper desire to want to play it was it wasn't until I had just captained the under 18s team yeah uh, and that was Jeez, 2011 that was yes. that was um, the defining thing for me to say right I want to play rugby league because when when I had been playing obviously to play rugby league you had to make a lot of sacrifices yeah um, coming up to 18 I I was I was in a stage where I wanted to just relax I wanted to just you know go out and party yeah. do a lot of things that I missed out on um, coming into my my coming into 18 and I told my mum I said I said mum I don't want to play rugby league and she said well what do you want to do I said well I want to be a chef she said well you're not being the chef I said well then what do you want me to do so she said well and and so I I eliminated any other decision so I went and got my ticket at school got my HSC marks and was able to go into uni for teaching, to be a teacher. And I said, well, what about if I just did teaching? She said, no. If you, she goes, either you play rugby or I'll send you to the army. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not going to the army. Yeah. And um, so she just sort of put that into perspective to say, right, you're going to play rugby league. Yeah, right. And, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I I was blessed. I, I was blessed to be one of those kids that had a natural ability to do things yep. that I didn't have to work hard on, on on doing things. But um, yeah, yeah, rugby league has sort of always just been a part of my journey. Like I've always just experienced the great the the the, the good things in life of rugby league. But my mind hasn't always been solely on rugby league. Hmm. It's been on on other things as yeah. well, yeah. So, does that answer the question? Of course it does. Yeah, right. and sure. then some. Mate, I'll take it back before we talk about um uh, when you were eighteen years old in twenty eleven, um, and you were with the Bulldogs then. Schoolboy rugby league. Uh, you, you touched on Holy Spirit Lakemba, yeah. mate. Personally, I remember uh, being in the stands at Belmore Oval. You played against the school I was at, which is at Burwood, and I don't recall if you were the captain or not, but you were definitely a standout as a prop forward. So for the listeners that don't know, that was your position from the get-go, prop forward. Right. right. And, mate, all I remember that game is that you were one of the boys that were um, ripping up and you ended up winning that game. You won the grand final at Bullmore against our school. That was my first grand final I'd ever won. So is that like, right? Yeah, that was the first grand final I ever won. I remember... Yeah. I remember when I got my trophy, I started crying like I'd won the NRL, I'd run the NRL premiership. <laughs> Is that right? Far <laughs> out. But you get the monkey off the back, but that's it's such a good feeling, isn't it? Oh man. And to play at Belmore. 
Like yeah. Belmore was already my home there with yeah. the dog. So yeah, it, it was it was just good that and it was in my backyard as well. Of course. So, and you said you're playing for St. John's Eagles on Saturdays. Right. right. Is that right? Now, on, on, yeah, on Sundays I was playing with Sundays. And yeah, and grand and the grand final was at, at Belmore as well. Did you win that one? Yep. Oh, you did. There you go. Just the start. The trail of success has begun from our schoolboy rugby league. So, Alani, 2011 now. Uh, you're 18 years old. Um, you're the captain of the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs SG Bull team. Yep. Um, I could imagine what the answer is, but what did it mean to you to captain the club that you grew up following? Uh, I, I actually um, was like a bit taken back by it when they when they had chosen me but when you look back at that squad okay we got told by oh who'd spoken us back to uh steve folks had spoken to us oh wow yeah um he had he had outlined uh there's only a mere percentage of his that will actually get called up into the under 20s and then from that it, it's, a, it's an even finer percentage for any of you to make first grade. Yeah. And from our squad, if you look in, I think we had about eight or nine, nine players, or I would say maybe even 10 of us that springboarded straight into, into, into the first grade system and then and then had had a lot of success in playing in playing. Anyone, first anyone notable? Mate, we had we had who did we have? We had Moses Mby. Hmm. We had uh Clemmer. Yep. Um geez. Geez, now you're gonna take me back now. Danny <laughs> Falalo. Yeah. Danny Falalo was one. Brendan Santi. Didn't realize he was a Bulldogs Junior, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, mate. Th- it, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that, that come from the dog system that a lot of people don't realize. Like hmm. I um I, I never, I never thought that Isaac Luke was there, but he was there. Yeah, Source, Source was there, yep. and I was with him at St John's. And I, and I, I remember when he, when he was playing with Rabbitohs, I just said to him like, "Why, why, why did you go there for?" Yeah. He goes, "Because <laughs> dogs don't didn't want me." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, even, even uh, they. Who did I? Who did I hear? I think they said that um, Latrell Mitchell was there and Connor Watson as well at the Bulldog system, but they they had like let him go because they didn't think they would make it. Yeah, it's wild, eh? Yeah, absolutely. So this is recruitment. This is the recruitment side of it. Not seeing potential in either of those two, and then they they both got picked up by the Roosters after it. I, I would say majority of our squad played through the under twenties yeah. at certain times with different teams. I know a few went to Manly. A few went to West Tigers, and some of us. Oh, there was David Minute. David Minute played. Yep. First grade as well. Um, yeah, there, there was a few of us, and yeah, that 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 year that year was a was actually a really important year for me because I got to captain them. We lost in the grand final by one point. Yeah, I was going to ask. To a, like it was like a 40-45 meter um drop goal by yeah. by the Newcastle friggin' center out of all people. Yeah, he just comes in, comes in from his side and just slots it straight over the black dot. But 
what many people forget if you weren't there was the halfback. Who was it? It was... Who's the 5'8 that plays with Newcastle? And he's the, the utility. He come from... He went in and out of Melbourne and then he come back Kurt to... Man? No, no, uh, yeah, Melbourne. Kurt Mann? Yeah, Kurt I think it was Kurt Mann. Yep. He, 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 he grubbed it behind his... Behind his team, his half, yeah. to try and kick it out. And 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 the ball pulled up and Brendan Santi just sprinted past everyone, put the ball down, and then it was up to oh and so we had Semisoni, Langi. Yep. Yep. Played, but he missed the he missed the goal kick for us to win. And then after that, yeah, the center just comes in off his wing, slots it. But yeah. It was a it was a gut wrenching thing, but yeah, far out. Yeah. There was there was that there was um, playing Origin for the Blues that year. Yeah, uh, and that 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 was actually pretty cool because I remember Jake Trebojevic coming into our camp. Hmm. No one had no idea who he was. Yep, they just thought like, who's who's this kid? Yep, and they were like, we've never heard of him. Who is he? And and it was just this nice, really down to earth guy who would just mind his p's and q's, never said a word. Um, we would try and joke with him, like he would just ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought he was just taking the mic half the time. But yeah. what if yeah, I've I've still got the DVD to it, and he he like exactly how you watch him now, exactly how. You've seen him lead Manly, lead New South Wales, play for Australia. Mm. He just does the he just did the exact same thing. Had the yeah. technique down pat. I was gonna say tackle like a truck. Yeah, had the technique down pat, was making breaks, left, right, and center. And after that, a lot of boys were like, Oh, like he's a pretty good player. Wow. Um, yeah. So got got to do that. And then I got to and then I and then I made a, the Australian school boys. As well yep. that year. Um, and Did you win after- Origin? Did you win Origin firstly? Yep. And then Schoolboys? Yeah, yeah. We won. Uh, so I was with Triple C, the combined Catholic colleges. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had we had a few first graders in that team as well. Yeah. Um, then there was that, and then after that, the Bulldogs had been um, putting a lot of time and effort into me and David, me and David Clement to make that jump from SG ball into the under 20s. Yeah. So they were putting a lot of time and effort into us. They were making us train, doing extras, running more, doing more strength work in order for us to get our bodies ready for that impact, for that 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 next speed. Was was the difference really really big from 18s to 20s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you just faster. Uh, my, yeah, it was just faster. Yeah. yeah, my our first game together, we debuted our under twenties game against Parramatta at Ringrose Oval, and yeah. I remember we both. So David had gone on just about five minutes before me, and then when I went on, within the first five minutes, I was like already tired. Wow, already blowing. Yeah, I think he was a um. Clem was a para junior, isn't he? As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. When he came, there was a few para, there was a few boys that come from Parramatta that had come over to our our squad. Mm. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, so our our Howard Matt's team, our Howard Matthews team uh, in the under 16s, we went through undefeated. Wow. And then our SG Boar team, our SG Boar team won it that year as well. Uh, so I don't know, I don't know if, if history repeated itself with any other junior grade team, but I know that when we did that, we were the only club that's ever done that. Mm. Um, and yeah, so both, yeah, both of our sides at that time we were we were pretty, it was a like a star-studded team, even that SG Boar team that won it. So in the Toyota Cup, which it was called then, if I'm not mistaken, for the under 20s, did you guys have a good season or was it a was it a mediocre or poor season? The the in the first year, in the first year we we didn't we didn't do too bad. Yeah. I know the, the year after, that's when that's when the Warriors the Warriors were started making making a mockery of the of the comp. Yeah. Was that? Uh, what what do you mean by that? It was just they were just doing a lot of Harlem Globe try to too good. Throwing it out the back, just flick passes here and there. Yeah, um, yeah it was unstoppable the way they were playing. Wow. I remember I did my, I I broke a bone in my foot in my first year of playing under twenty. So in my in that debut year, I, I did a I broke my foot. Yeah, uh, I, I broke a bone in my foot, and we're playing at Suncorp. We we're playing against Melbourne in the qualifying game in the qualifying final and I think the next week was against the Warriors yeah and but it, it was that that moment's memorable because I had we had a, a bye week before, the week before mm-hmm. and I had gotten my 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 um, calendar wrong my timings wrong and I had actually bought a ticket to go to Defcon <laughs> that week yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I was yeah. I was like ready to just go for going a mad rave yeah. that that weekend with my cousin that out at out at Penrith and and then I got my weeks I got my weeks wrong so they were like I was like oh yeah sweet I'm going on a rave this weekend they're like we got a game this weekend and I said no we don't we got to we got to buy we got to buy that week and they said no we got to buy this week and then we're playing. Next weekend, and I go, oh, fire up. <laughs> so, like, I remember, I remember during the game, I was actually thinking about, like, I could be in a rave here. Instead, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting absolutely battered by the left right center by, by Melbourne. And oh, by Melbourne. So when yeah. I broke my foot, the trainer, Gary Carden, I looked over to him and I signaled out to him. I said, come and get me. I can't walk. And he said, get up, get up, you big soft crap. Really? Yeah, I said I've I said I've broken something in my foot. He goes, "Nah, I don't believe you. Get up." What do you say? So I had to like. This was Gary Carden. So he's a well-known trainer for the Bulldogs. Yeah, Went, was with them when in their glory days in first grade, and then he actually come down into the twenty system and was a vital part in mentoring the mentoring myself and a lot of boys that come through that tunnel that that funnel of making that transition. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was really he was a no really nonsense sort of bloke. Yeah, yeah. He all his favorite saying was you look like Tarzan but train like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was his favorite saying. And and he'd always get you up for for a game. Always get you up. 
Yeah, as right. much as much as you cop the bollocking off him, yeah, he he would always give you enough motivation in order to go out there and and and, and uh, turn up, turn up What's for that? the team. But yeah, I remember it, he just made me crawl off the field in that in that set in that qualifying game. Yeah, I just had to like hobble off the field, and another trainer had to come out from out of the tunnel to come and pick me up, and I'm limping off, limping off. And he's just looking at me, shaking his head. No way. Yeah, he's like, oh, you big softy. And then <laughs> I had my x-rays, had the x-ray done. I walk in and he goes, and he, and he, and he said, what, are you, are you carrying on because of that little break in your foot? <laughs> I thought, oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. 2012. Is when you're playing under twenties. Uh, the Bulldogs are in the grand final. They're flying high as well. Mm. First question in regards to the first grade side was, uh, sorry, is did you guys as under twenties players ever train alongside them? We, some of us did. I I was able to I I, I was able to get my first uh, NRL NRL um, full training season ahead of me a full training a full pre-season under my belt in the NRL I was taking a lot of notes off Jim Dimmick at that time yeah. and um, there was like a few boys there was a few key boys like Martin Martin Tapao was 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 a really good example of um, he was really strict with everything he did uh, I and then when James Graham came about yeah I I just sort of just sat there and took notes off Jim Dimmick, James Graham, watched how they did it, and because James Graham had brought another dimension to a, a ball playing prop, I thought, right, well, you know, I I've already got I've already I've already got some things that I can add to that, and mm-hmm. then maybe my skill set can flourish from that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I. There was times in the gym where the NRL players would take some of us under-20s players under their wing. This is how you do things. This is how they were just showing us the ropes of, of, of how to be a professional. And that's really just filtered down every time. Over time, you're not, you're not, you're not the young buck anymore. Over time, you become uh, one of the older heads in the team. And so you just do that exact same thing. So it's a constant cycle of guys bringing in young players, coaching them, teaching them, showing them these are the ropes. When you moved to other teams, Lani, did you did you see there was differences by the way senior blokes do things as opposed to yeah. like just bringing new things to, I guess, your game or new things yeah. to the way you train and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I so after I left the Bulldogs, when I went to Penrith, they they there was there was a lot of the the culture and the whole dynamic between what Bulldogs had and what Penrith had was completely different. In in that Bulldogs was Bulldogs Bulldogs was like a family club. Yes, they were tough. Yes, they were on the grind. But when you come out to Penrith, it's like the heartland of Penrith, and the amount of like love they give you, right? You, you you bear that as a as a Penrith player, like you wanna you wanna perform. So you find you wanna, that if, if you if you're out of Penrith because they're a little bit away from the other clubs, i.e., 
like Bankstown's, you know, Canterbury's is sort of in a, in a clump of clubs yeah. where yeah. Penrith's a little way out. So everyone right. who lives in Penrith goes to Penrith. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're like Penrith, Penrith was really well, Penrith was really good because it, when, when I, when I, when I got the tap on the shoulder from the dogs and they were saying that, look, you're a bit injury prone here. We can't afford to keep you on our books. I really thought then and there that, okay, my rugby league career is gone. That's it. I'm done. Uh, I just, I just suffered a, a knee, a knee injury. Um, is this during? I, um, so you're in the reserve grade side at this point. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was. I was 20 years old. Still yeah. could have played under 20s, but then they 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 brought me up into the New South Wales Cup. Um, yeah. So I I I did my did my knee, and then I ended up doing my shoulder as well, and then they were just saying, right, you're too injury prone. Do you, think some, do you think sometimes when you get an injury and then you start worrying, not, not worrying so much, but you're aware that you've got this injury, so you start managing your body differently to get to get by? Do you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden another injury occurs. Did you, did you find that was possibly the case? I think injuries over time show, show what sort of character you have, you are. Um, if you're someone who, who's resilient, um, you can learn a, a few lessons, a few a few life lessons when you're when you're injured. I know the first time that I got injured and I did my foot, I was I just did it just before the Australian tour over in New Zealand, and that first year I had major major FOMO, like fear of missing out. I hated missing out, and that year that year I tried to just end it. I tried to I I took a whole sheet of these like 800 milligram or 1,000 milligram Oxycontin tablets. Wow. And then just shot it down with with whiskey. And I didn't wake up for a whole day in a bit. Wow. Like, because like, I, I just couldn't bear the, the, I couldn't bear the weight of watching people, watching another man, another person replace me in my jersey that I earned and I worked hard for. And, and miss all that out. I, hate, I hated watching that. And you would have seen over the years, there's, um, what was that? Um, Ali, it was Alex Elisala, the, the Cowboys hooker, that um, unfortunately took his life from yeah. injury. There was Mo, um, Mo, uh, Moe Mowaki's older brother. Yeah. That, that, that plays for the Titans. His yeah. older brother, Masese. He was like a, another promising prop that would have made it, but it was because of injury. Is that um, um Fodder, Fodder Waker's brother? No, Fodder yeah, Waker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his older brother. Yeah. Injuries injuries obviously happen and it's unfortunate that way. And we we understand that we play in players understand that we play in a sport where that's gonna happen. But when you get injured, it's like it, it, it shows what sort of character you are, whether or not you're you're resilient, whether or not you're you're willing to want to make double double that time again to be able to work harder, to rebuild yourself, to get yourself, to get your whole body back into into moving again, to get your mindset right. Like, yeah, it 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 shows what sort of character you are and there was 
yeah, unfortunately, my first time that I got injured, uh, I couldn't I couldn't handle it that way. I couldn't yeah. take it that way. Um, do, you, do you find that things like uh, this is in general, but you get injured and your mates all of us ask you how you are, but yeah. but people just get on with it, and all of a sudden right. you feel you feel a bit like I'm being left behind here. Yeah, yeah, and that's because a lot of, over time people people know how to put masks on. And you hear a lot about people, um, people telling you like you know you should you should really speak out, learn to speak out, uh, um, eliminate that that bravado of a male just keeps everything within. Like you, you a male knows how to compartmentalize and put things aside in order to just keep progressing. But over time, it's obviously going to fester up, and it's going to affect you even more. Um, so I think I think now more than ever, like when I look back, there was a few times where I'm, I'm glad that a few of the boys had opened up. I know at Penrith, we had a, 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 uh, a group of us led by David Simmons. He brought us... He brought He's a pastor, us, right? Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, He's yeah, a pastor. Yeah. Right? He, he, he was... So he was a practising vicar at the time. Um, ready to get his license, and he brought he brought me and about five other boys. And over time, there was a few of us coming together, and basically, he was just um, doing a bit of Bible studies with us. Now, we all came from different belief systems, but the 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 the, the ethos around it was that this is a, a way for you to you know speak out and. As teammates, we're 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 going to support you no matter what, mm. and that and that was it, and it really helped with all of, with 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 all of us because we had that sense of peace about us. So we had Anthony Griffin there at the time. That was his first year there. Anthony Griffin would literally let us have 10, 15 minutes before we would go in for the coaches' talk, where we could just stand there and pray yeah. for each other. Pray over the team, pray over the club. That was that that that's that's what helped us. Obviously, other guys had their own sort of routine, but that was our routine of 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 doing things. A lot of people had a lot of people had their cliques, but in amongst that, there was guys there who were approachable enough for me to go to and say, look, I'm struggling with this. And, and, and at Penrith, at Penrith, Penrith all the players that I had played with, they were all well, they were all good enough to just sit there, take the time out to just talk to us. So, 2014, um, you you said you went over to Panthers. You said you got the tap on the shoulder from the Bulldogs, right? Yeah. You don't go directly into the NRL system. You go into the reserve grade side which to my understanding was very, very successful. Right. What was the, what was the vibe like with that club, with that side anyway? Not with, not with the first grade team, with, with your reserve grade side. What was the vibe like there? Because you did win the yeah. New South Wales Cup comfortably against the Knights. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was Cleary there at the time or was it Hook? I remember Ivan had come. So I left... Holy Spirit College in yeah. 2017, 2018, they had my, so I was supposed to go to university mm. and then 
my agent, Sam, said to me, no, go back to school and play one more year so you can make Australian schoolboys. So I... So, so sorry, Lardy, is that because you're younger and you could go back to school? Is that how it yeah. works? They had this thing called Pathways at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and that's sort of what a lot of schools were using in order to poach players over to, to have that, to have a, a successful run in, the, in Arrive Alive. Yeah, that's right. So, Cup. Yeah, yeah. So I, when I went, went. So I told my mum and I told my agent. I said, "Look, I'll go back to school, but I'm not studying. I'm not doing anything." <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I said to him that. So he, the first interview was at at Holy Cross Ride, yeah, Holy Cross College Ride, because I was good. I was good mates with with Curtis Sirenen, and me and him were trying to get Carl Lovett, who played with the Tigers, had, had good success at, at the Tigers. We were trying to get him to come back to school as well. And he was like, not having it. He didn't <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> so the, principal, the principal said, look, I'll let you come here, but you have to study and, go, and do your exams. And I said, and so respectfully, I said, all right, I'll take it on board. Thank you, mate. Thank you for the thing. Walked out, told my mum straight away, I'm not going there. Yeah. They want me to study. The next school was Bass Hill High. In, and that's where all my mates from the Bulldogs were playing there. Mm. And they were known, like, to be roughheads. And it was a – back back then, like, my mum wasn't really uh, comfortable t- putting me into a public school. Yep. She wanted me to be in a Catholic school because of the discipline and everything with it. And <clears throat> Bass Hill High were like, look, you don't need a meeting. Like we just come to school whenever we'll give you a free free school uniform. <laughs> yeah, they're like don't even show up. You can go to work. We'll 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 forge your 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 attendance, and then you just you just train when you need to, and then you can. Wow. Leave. So wow. I told my mom. My mom was like, "No, you're not going to Bass Hill." <laughs> <laughs> but then my agent said, "Right, you can go to Patrician Brothers Blacktown." Yep. And then that's and then I I went there and uh, yeah I, I loved everything about it. He said, okay, you don't have to do exams. You don't even have to do. You don't even have to have a full uh, schedule of of subjects. We'll give you three subjects. He gave me he gave me the gym. He gave he put gym on my, on my <laughs> as a subject. So Most I got to go to one, mate. Yeah, I got to go to the gym for fifty minutes every day, and like some there were some days where I was sleeping in there. <laughs> then, then, then the other subject was was going to the library. That's awesome. Up, All yeah. the books. Yeah, and I just sat, I just slept there. I just put my head on the table like that and just slept. Yeah. And then, and then the third subject was sport coaching, and I had um, <clears throat> Matt Hardigan. So he's at, I think he's at West Tigers yep. still as a recruitment officer. Yeah, he was a, a really important figure at at that um at, at Patrician Brothers at the time. He was in charge of the the Roosters recruitment, if I'm not mistaken, and he um he was really good at at keeping all the rugby league boys centered yep. as well. Um, so yeah, that 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 sort of kick kick started a lot of things off. Um, but yeah, and that and that helped with Penrith as well because I made a, I made a few friends at Penrith along the way there when yeah. I got to Penrith. And is that is that yeah. kind of helped you get picked up 
for Penrith or no, no. So Gus, so that I I, I met Ivan Cleary at Patrician Brothers because right. our our senior team got to do a training session with their first grade team. Yeah. And that was the first time I met Ivan. So then when I got signed by Penrith that year in 2015, I was I I had ballooned out to 130 kilos. Wow. Yeah. Because I was just, I couldn't, what, what, uh, I, I didn't. I was just going to yeah. say, what was your normal playing weight? 112, 113. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, so I, I ballooned out. They got me back to 111. And then I was, I was flying in that New South Wales Cup team. And my, my coach at the time was Garth Brennan, who yep. ended up being my, my, my Titans coach. Yep. But prior to that, a lot of people don't know that he was my assistant coach when I made Origin. In, in under 18s. Right. So it was him and uh, he's the, I think he's the assistant at Newcastle or West Tigers. Something, uh, Craig, is it Craig Sandercock? Oh, I'm not too sure. Oh, no, I know yeah, Craig he, Sandercock. Yeah, yeah. He was with yeah. Manly for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's an assistant coach somewhere. I know, I know that. I know that, but it was it was him it was him and Garth Brennan because they had they had success at Newcastle in the juniors, and Garth Brennan at that time took a real shining to me, and was helping me a lot in that camp, and so he 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 really helped me sort of find my feet in that New South Wales Cup team. He knew how to use my 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 ability, my skill set within his game plan really well. Uh, yeah. I, I was coming off the bench at that time, but our whole team from one to 17 was almost all first graders. Yeah, we, I think we had like the first five were all Fijians. Yeah, right. By, by the fullback. Fullback was Kieran Moss. Then we had Eto Nabuli. Yep. Um, we had Sakio, Debethi. Both Naguama brothers, and then if it wasn't if it wasn't Kevin or Wes, then Wanga Wanga Blake came into it. Yeah. Uh, our, our six and seven was Luke Catewell, and and Tom and uh, Tom Humble, Humble, Tom Humble, yeah. And then and then we had like Campbell Gillard, Sam Anderson. Yeah, wow. Who's 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 Sam Anderson's like one of the most underrated props that I've ever watched. He was one of those guys who I, I I hated because he used to come in and and complain that he had to eat more in order to keep his weight on. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was like he but that that's how strict he was and and it showed in his game he was he 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 was just black and white straight in one eighty. Who did he play for? He played for Penrith. Had a couple. He 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 played first grade and then he went to Redcliffe and then had a lot of success at Redcliffe. Yeah, right. Um, and then our thirteen was Nathan Smith, so another yep. first grader. Then our back rows were was uh, Isaiah Yao and Matt Robinson. But then during the year we ended up picking up Ben Myrtle from Silla as well. Yeah. Wow. And then, the and then, like, and then, and then, our whole our, our bench was was just made up of New South Wales Cup players. And then, if under twenty if under twenties players had a purple patch, they would bring they would blood them in. 
So the system so, was the system worked. At yeah, Penrith. it was yeah, it was unbelievable the way the way it, it it ended up panning out. But yeah, we had we had a lot of success that first year. I think that's the first year they brought in the the state final. As I was well. gonna ask like because after you win the Wales Cup, you guys getting on like you just won a grand final, so he's gonna yeah. be on the drink for those that do drink yeah. anyway. Is that is that was that fixture because you versus Northern Pride that year? Yeah. Yeah. Was that fixture taken like seriously? Like, let's train for it, or no? Nah, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I didn't think we, so. We 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 went. I think we went on a drinking binge for about four or five days. After yeah, that. right. And then, and then it wasn't until about Wednesday. Uh, uh, Garth goes, okay. So obviously we've got a, a final this weekend. Mm. <laughs> just yeah. saying, it, just saying it real gingerly. He's like, obviously we've got a final this weekend, and. Here he is talking to us, trying to have a serious conversation. We've got we've got um, a pint next to us, and we're eating chicken parmesan, yeah. <laughs> and, there's, and there's pizza there's pizza galore in front yeah. of us. And he's like, "All right, so we've got a final this week. Um, we got one session on Thursday. If you all want to, if you all want to put in, he goes, then then let's let's put it in and have a good a good crack." Wow! Um, and he's nearly won it. He's won- it was close. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think it was those jerseys. We've we'd never worn those jerseys ever that year. Those what jersey were they? It was like a white. It was a white jersey with the big panther symbol in the oh. middle there. Yeah. And I was like, I hate these jerseys. <laughs> we've never ever worn them. In, we've never worn them this year, and now they're making us wear them. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was first year. First year, um, and yeah, it was a memorable one being being there. Yeah. So let's fast forward now. Round 21, 2015, NRL season, Penrith Panthers, South Sydney Rabbitohs, your debut first grade game, Lani. Talk yep. us through it. What what was how how did it go down? Like how how did that announcement did you know it was coming? Like no, what was the so feeling? I found out I had found out. I, I had been getting all these like the whispers from other other players in the team saying, Oh, did um did Ivan speak to you yet? Like you're you know you're playing this week? And I go, No, I'm not. I go, No, I'm not. Like that's a G up. He's a joking. And he said, They're like, no, nah, no, nah, I think you are. Like, why why didn't you go ask him? And I go, No. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were, I thought they were just pranking me and um so it was after it was after a, a Wednesday or a Thursday training session, and then later that night he just rings me out of nowhere, Ivan, and just like cool, calm, collected, just like, um, "You're gonna play this week, all right?" And then it was just quiet. I was just quiet on the phone because I was like waiting for someone to like start laughing in the background. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was him, and uh, he was like, "Hello." <laughs> and I said, no, no, I'm here. I was like, no, I'm here. I said, all right then, sweet. And he goes, is that it? Like, are you, are you happy? Are you excited? And I said, no, I'm, I said, I'm happy. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't know what else to say. Like, thanks. And should have said something like, it's taking you long enough to get on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, so on our captain's run, he calls me into his office and he says, okay. So obviously you're going to come off the bench. 
your 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 goal is to smash all but all the Burgess bones. Yeah. I said, okay, yeah, sweet. That's that's a realistic goal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like this, this like they just come off winning the grand final. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they 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 were on a high the whole way. They were on a high. And so I, when he I, says that, when he says that to you, Lonnie, though, he's deadpan, obviously, because that's that's oh, what he yeah. wants you to do. Yeah, he just said, I, "All I want you to do is just smash the birds, brothers. Come on, come on, make an impact, and that's it. That's all yeah. I want you to do. Don't focus on anything else." He goes, "I trust you. I trust your skill set. Um, just do, just keep doing what you're doing, but have him, but bear in mind, I want you to." Single, single, all of them out at one point during the game. And so I think it was like my, I think it was, I think Pen, uh, Rabbitohs just scored. I come onto the field and the first two hit ups is Tom and George Burgess coming at. Come, uh, so the first one was Tom, then John Sutton dropped George to come back against the green. And I and I was at eight, yeah. and then yeah. I just I just shot up, I just shot up and tried to put a hit on him. But I mean, the dude, obviously you've seen he's made of freaking bricks. Yeah, yeah. Like almost, I was gonna ask. Like, I was gonna yeah. ask. Yeah. Do some blokes yeah. just feel different? You hit them and you go, "I oh, know oh, I got ya," and they just feel different. Something else happened here. What's what yeah. the? F- <laughs> I think I think the I think the 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 hardest dude that I've ever had to tackle by. By Nelson, by Nelson the Solomon, it was Sam McKendry. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was like, he was just made of like vibranium. <laughs> yeah, he's made of vibranium, just Is just like right? metal. Yeah. He he would just hit you in, and then beside him, he would hit. If he didn't hit you in half, it'd be it'd be it'd be Nathan Plum. Oh, everyone always says he's one of the best tacklers ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was at the Roosters, wasn't he? He was yeah. at the Roosters and then he went to Penrith. Yeah. So my, when I got to Penrith, Ivan Cleary would, would toss up these little challenges of like, you got to get quick play the ball, but you've got to run at two people. And he would always have me up against like McKendry and Plummy or it'd be Plummy and Adam Docker. Yep. Adam Docker was just like he'd hit you just as hard. Um, yeah, and and like everyone used to just like ramp up and go, "You're gonna get smashed here." <laughs> <laughs> and in my head, I I used to agree. I go, "Yeah, yeah, I am." <laughs> but I used to just like grip my teeth and I go, "No, nah, they." I was like, "I can't, I can't let them hit me." Got, Any dust ups at the scrimmage, like in those scrimmages? Yeah, plenty. yeah, that's usual, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's what makes a team. There's gonna be days where people blow up and they're not they're not everyone's gonna argue with each other, but at the end of the day, like you're 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 gonna be beside him at one point or another. You know what's funny? Field. I was just gonna say, Lady, that mate, people don't know that. People think yeah. that you know it's like A grade training, people just turn up and they pass the ball around a bit and yeah. they don't realise it's full contact, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what, a lot of people don't understand that. So you're we're we're, in a, we're we're playing in a team environment, okay? But then it's a dog eat dog world as well. Mm, so when I say you, when I when I say oh yeah, I've got your back, but then again you're in my position, so I'm doing everything I can to overtake your your spot, so that I can be in front of you. Yeah. yeah, and then people people don't even understand that that yeah. like it, it it is a team game, 
But all in all, you've got the number that I want because mm. if I can get that number, then that means I get to get more playing time. I get more money. I get more attraction. And so be it. Like, wow. yeah, yeah. Many people don't see that. Many people just no, say, I need him in the game. <laughs> Peter Wallace is the captain. How was he in the lead up to your debut game? Yeah, he, Wall was just Peter Wallace, just uh, uh influential leader, yeah, a motivator. Um, always kept it calm. You know, you were doing wrong if 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 you were copping a gobble of him on the yep. field or training. Uh, um, always set a high standard. Always set a high. Ex- always had high expectations for the team to just go out there and achieve everything. Everything that the coach had implemented mm-hmm. and that was with Ivan Cleary that was with uh Hook as well because it's a funny one because I think um he was at Brisbane and Hook let him go and he went yeah. to Penrith and then Hook came to turn up at Penrith yeah that would have been an interesting relationship yeah yeah I he so he was always talking with Hook and I think because of that relationship there but it was um yeah Hook 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 had come in and a lot of it was like a lot of people were sort of uh, taken back by by him and, and his presence that he had. What, what, um, what would the presence be like? Because we've heard some things. Yeah. He, look, my first day, I was late to training. And this I, is, and this I is rang, 2016, right? This is 2016. Yep. His first reign at Penrith yep. and the first day of training, I'm late. Oh, no. No good. And, and nah, he so I've I've rang I've rang the I've rang um Car Garth. I rang Garth because I didn't have Anthony Griffin's number and I said, Garth, can you tell Hook that I'm gonna be late? And he said, No, you gotta ring you gotta ring him and tell him. Yep. So I've rang him and I've said, mate, look, I've uh, I've slept through my alarm. I'm gonna be there as fast as I can, but it says that I'm gonna be 30 minutes late. And all he didn't he didn't even say anything yet. For like about two or three minutes, it was just quiet. It was just silent. And then he said, okay, I'll see you here. That was it. And then when he got there, he he just spoke to me calmly. He said, don't let that ever happen again. Otherwise, you're gone. I said, oh, wow. yeah. And then after that, you know, he uh, a, lot of, a lot of players have different type of um, – styles of coaching that they like i like someone who's a who's a bit of a dictator yeah which is is anthony griffin and and this was hook this was hook hook was a bit of a dictator but he was also a family man he always let his son um stay around us yeah uh that was where that was at training that was in the hotels at the hotels he always let his son just hang around us and um you could see like how much how 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 much like family meant to him. He always had his family around him. He was a softie uh, at heart. Yeah, if he wasn't, if he didn't have his son there, his girls were there. Yeah. Or his wife was there always. Um, and he always understood that if we had a family matter, he would let he would let us handle that before yeah. coming to 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 training. Um, so, so it would have been just a matter of telling him, I guess, or. Speaking That's it. With it him. was just communication. He he yeah. based a lot of things on communication. If we didn't like something or if we disagreed, he would want that. Yeah. Speak up, and 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 we and we would and we would just discuss it and then come up with a better way where your skill set can flourish. Yeah. 
in the game. Um, I thought I thought he was really approachable that way. A lot of some players didn't 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 like that, but majority in that 2016 in that 2016 year, we were on a we were on a high, we were on a high because of because of how he did things, and because of the, the group that we had, he really he really knew how to bring us together. This was your first full, your first full first grade season, wasn't it? With the Panthers yeah. in 2016. So, before we talk about the Panthers, you got picked for the Indigenous All Stars that year, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. What was what was that camp like? Laurie Daly's running it. You're playing alongside who was it? Dane Gagai, Thurston, uh, English. Oh, English. No, Thurston wasn't there. Thur- Thur- Thurston wasn't there. No. But. We had so when I walked in, when I walked into, we were at the Brisbane, Brisbane we were at the Sofitel in Brisbane, and yep. me and me and David Fafita, Andrew's Andrew's brother, Andrew's yep. twin brother, we got caught up late to that, and we both walked in, and like my first, where I sat, I was next to Green, I was next to GI, Benny Barber, Sam Friday, Greg yep. Bird, and. I was just sitting around them and I was like, what? I can't believe this. Like, I'm, I'm actually, I didn't even care that I got picked in the All-Stars. That that wasn't the highlight. The highlight was the fact that I was sitting around these guys who are household names, played and- for played for Queensland, New South Wales, played for Australia. And I was just, wow, like, this is unbelievable. And David, David actually really helped me in that in that camp. He really just sort of knew how to keep me calm. Um, even Andrew as well. Him and Andrew just were like on my back. Mind you, the worst, the worst two possible people to, <laughs> to like show you the ropes. Every yeah. night they were like, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, no, I can't. Like, we, we're not allowed. We can't do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. We'll just go get an ice cream and come back. And then, like, we're, we're downing two, three burgers each and then having an ice cream. <laughs> oh, wow. There's the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, um, the, the game itself, you you were a try scorer. You were yeah. a very important one at that. You ended up winning that game, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. So, a- Andrew, for some reason, Andrew had gotten tired. He just ran the ball and then he just quickly ran off the field. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if you've ever watched like the Curry knockout or like, yeah, um, the the subs is like it's like touch. If you run to the sideline, someone just quickly comes back on. Yeah, and so that's what he did. He literally just played the ball, ran off the field, and then Wendell. So I had Wendell Saylor was our trainer as well. Yeah, and and he was like, Lani, get go, you go." So then as I'm going on, as I'm running onto the field, the balls come towards me. And then I've pushed James Roberts out of the way because he was playing on the wing. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I've just scored. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then the, the, the whole thing is like, what's Lani doing out there? Like, Lani, what are you doing out there? And I said, well, I'm not going to pass up. I'm not getting the ball to score. I said, yeah. I'm running away from the ball. I'm going to run towards it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so... So yeah, it was good. To, to segue for a minute, um, your family tree, your heritage is quite not convoluted, but like it, it sprouts out. You've got right. Indigenous heritage, yeah. Tongan heritage, yeah. and Italian heritage. Yeah. Like, can you explain? Can you kind of 
give us the the pathways for that? Yeah, so my grandmother, my grandmother uh, was born in uh, in uh, Darnley, Darnley Island, which is one of the which is one of the Torres Strait Islands, um, and then she come over to Sydney, Australia, and met her husband, who was an Italian. He he was a member of the Italian army yep. back in Italy, and so they had my mum. And then uh, my mum met my dad, and then that 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 that's been that tree. But then it even filters from that. Like there's like Japanese, there's there's um, Sri Lankan heritage right. in there. There's there's so and that's from the indigenous side. Yep. But it's yeah yeah it was just it. It was interesting the way the way things had panned out. So currently, I've got three passports: a Tongan, an Australian, and an Italian. Yeah, how right. I got into how I got into the UK was on an Italian passport. Yeah, right. And that was before they brought in Brexit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mate. I I've also got an Italian passport, and yeah. um, mate, it's funny when I got mine. I'm a bit older than you. When I got mine, yeah. there was a there was a worry if I went over to Europe, they conscript me and I'd have to stay there. Yeah. It's changed yeah. now, though. Yeah, it's changed. <laughs> hey. We're, kid, they, uh, um, we're Italy keen on you. For, for, they would have been keen on you for sure to play league. Yeah, so I I had, I think I, I think it was like when I was 17, just turning 18, they had like a one-off game against against someone uh, in Sydney and the, the guy that was coach, that was the coach, he was a coach at St. John's Eagles. His name yep. is Frank, Frank Tripodino. And he, he, he gave me a message and he was like, hey, do you want to play? Do you want to come, do you want to come down and just have like a, a sneaky game for Italy? And I was like, no. I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get injured here. I was like, Bulldogs. Uh, so I asked the Bulldogs and the Bulldogs were like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that common? Like if something like that happens, they just go, no way. We've got yeah. too much invested yeah. in you. Yeah. So when I when I did my shoulder, that was, I think that was when Italy had like a potential really good team that year. Yeah. They had uh, both Minicello's playing. Um, Teddy. Tedesco was on the wing. Teddy yeah. was on the wing. Uh, I don't. Uh, I know Nathan Brown was there. I don't know if Paul Vaughan was there. Brendan Santi. Santi was playing. Yeah. We had we had like a really good team to 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 make something of it. And then it was even further proof because we had a warm-up game against England's best squad and we beat them. That's right. Yeah, 15-14, remember? Right. Yeah. And so that year, that year the, the Italian coach rings me and he's like, Lani, do you want to come and play for us? Because we need we need some middles. And so I hadn't played a game all year because of my shoulder. Yeah. And they were like, we need you to play. And I and I said and I and I and I pulled the coach aside because he made me go down to the meeting to to listen about what what making the Italian team is all about. And I I had to pull him up. Um, I had a one-to-one to him and I, I looked him in the eye and I said, look, I I don't want to disappoint you or, or Italy. And uh, I, I know deep down that if I say yes to you, I know that I'll probably get injured. Like I feel as though my body's not ready 
to to go over and play play um, in like an NRL standard in the World Cup. Yeah, I was like, I, I just can't do it. I said, I'm sorry that like that you know you've wasted your time calling me and everything, but I just said like I can't do it. I couldn't do it to myself to play mm. at that year. But then yeah. Uh, when was it? Actually, it was two two years ago. I got another call for Italy, and Italy were going to pay me from Sydney to fly to Ireland and to and to Russia to play for Italy in like these qualifying games. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I was like super keen. I was like, yeah, I've got boots here. I've got everything. I'm I'm set. Yeah, and so the welfare manager at the Titans was Anthony Lafranchi. Yep, and. We had just signed. Um, I, f- I always forget his name. The, who's the coach there now? Justin. Justin Holbrook. That's it, Holbrook. So Lafranchi was like, "Oh look, we got we got Justin Holbrook coming in. You got to come in and uh, prove like prove to him why 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 you have to stay." Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, but I was like, you're you're Italian. Surely you would understand <laughs> that." <laughs> Playing for Italy is like a big thing. Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, but like he goes, obviously I would say yes. He's mm-hmm. like, but I like he goes, Justin Holbrook wants you here. Mal Meninga wants you to stay in order for you to make a good impression. Mm. So I was like, oh right. It's disappointing so, that the clubs take that stance, isn't it? Yeah, but in a way I understand because they've got a lot of investment in you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So yeah, it, it goes both ways, but yeah, it would have been cool just to go over and play for Italy. On 2016, that's your first full year. You played 24 first-grade games, as well as you made the city side. Um, yeah. I don't know what your take is on the city-country fixture or the way it went, but you were still in that side regardless. How did your body endure 24 straight weeks, as well as that rep fixture and the Indigenous fixture in 2016? How did you, your body pull up? Uh, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a constant barrage of um, coming up against big, big, like bigger squads, bigger players, and obviously just still being relatively young, my body was still getting used to the pounding and and the wear and tear of, of playing first grade. Uh, that City game, I got, I actually got asked to play for Tonga as well. Yep. Uh, they they had asked me if I wanted to play for them when I played in Bathurst against Canberra, and uh, I I told the coach then that was Christian Wolf. Then I said, yeah. I said no, I'm going to play for City at least once. I said, but if if I'm if I'm good enough to play next year for you, and you call me, I'll play for you. I I will. I am very keen to hear about that. So I will go into that now. Yeah. 2017. Just to fast forward for a sec, Christian Wolf still the coach, yeah. And you get picked for that mid-season fixture, yeah. Now you scored, you scored a brace, you scored a double in that in that yeah. game. Yeah. But mate, I watched the highlights of that recently. I've rewatched yeah. them for this interview as well, mate. The elation on your face, the vibe of that team. Did you know it was building to what they achieved for the end of year? Yeah, yeah. Is so in that in that in 2016 leading into 2017 and leading into the world cup christian wolf had already set up these these calls 
these little get-togethers here and there yeah. in order to create what had happened in that World Cup where you had New Zealand's best, Australia's best come back, come back home in order to be be a dominant force in the World Cup. How did so he, he how did he get those how did he get those those boys names. to to do that? He, it, so so in that fixture of Tonga versus Fiji, Andrew Fafida got named. Yeah. <clears throat> then what ended up happening was was that Aaron Woods got injured for Australia. So then they called Andrew back in. Yeah. And I remember that that whole that Leading um, the one or two days into that camp, when we found that out, there was a lot of boys that were like a bit shirty at at Andrew for doing that. Yeah, and so he even came into our our change room uh, in in the warm up, and he was trying to like hype us all up, but we were all like joking with him, going, "No, get out!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 camp will go down as like one of the most memorable camps because I as soon as I found out from Christian Wolf, the first person I rang was my dad. Yep. And I couldn't even get out the sentence of I've made I made it for Tonga because mm-hmm. I was just crying. And obviously because it was my first international jersey, I was gonna I I was just like full of emotions. And it was mm-hmm. it was each was each and every day where um, I had John Hopawati there. We had Willie Manu, Etu Waisili. We had all these Tongan boys that had put on the jumper and knew knew what the the, the theme of that camp was going to be about, and they knew how to how to use humor, how to use music, how to use their personality and everything to in order for us to just be like that. Um, So All-Stars, right? Indigenous All-Stars is, I feel as though it has a different, it's different to when you make it for international. All-Stars is like, yeah, they're they're like brothers that I haven't seen in ages. But then when I see them, it's like, okay, like it's exactly like how I am at home with my own family Mm. that we just lounge around. When you when you go to Tong when you go into the Tongan camp, it was more emotional. Yeah. We would sit there in a circle and we would speak about why this jersey means what, what this jersey means to us. And literally one to seventeen, all crying. Crazy. I've got, I've got a question. I've got a question. I've got a question. So obviously when that was going on, um, some of the big games were obviously against Samoa, yeah. and there were the two. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't know what they're called, but the 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 version of the haka. What's the what's yeah. the Tongan version? The, how, the, the, the sippy tail. Yep. How how much how much have you got to? You've all got to learn it, obviously. Yeah. So, so how much time do you just put into it and that sort of thing? Because that was it, what I mean. Man, everyone remembers that. That's one of the best yeah. things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It it it. You always put aside maybe about two to two hours two hours tops yeah. on trying to learn it. And you've always got, so we'll, we were doing it everywhere. We would do it on the bus. We would do it in the, in the parking lot. 
or doing it in the hotel or doing it on the field. And to make it mean something even more, they used to split us up so that we would mirror each other and do it that way as if it's doing it against our opponent. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, just the whole thing, learning the super tower, learning the language, speaking in, in, in um, singing in hymns, um, having a church service in Tongan, the Jersey presentation, having family come in and out, having old old players come in and bring and and bring us together like that that's what the camp did that's what the camp did with me when I was there and so like so like there's a video circulating of me in the tunnel crying before the game yeah right so like that and like so I'm basically looking down on my bandage at, and all I've written is dad yeah. this is for my dad mm. um and all he's ever asked of me is that jersey. That's so awesome. he's got that jersey, and that's yep. and that's that that's the thing that he's proud of the most is that I got to play at least one game for, for his heritage. And that's um, awesome. Yeah, mate. That, that was twenty seventeen, and unfortunately, in that year, your second full year of first grade, you got injured um, yep. towards the back end of that season with Penrith. <laughs> um, but you were a shoe in in my eyes, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, for that World Cup squad. Mm. Um, obviously, it would have been, been gut-wrenching to miss out on that, yeah. but they they were the talk of the town. They they surprised many. They shocked the world with what they did. And one question I want to get out of you, um, in that semi-final against England, were they or were they not robbed in that no. final? They were robbed? They were robbed, but... You can't. You can't. If if you've got if you're carrying that ball recklessly, yeah, it's always going to go in the in the opposition's favour. Mm. And knowing Andrew and, and seeing how he plays, he always carries that ball recklessly in one hand. So you think it the ball was in a strip motion, like you you think it was yeah. play on from when the ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. It's a yeah. It's it, it, it's unfortunate, but the 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 whole the whole experience and what and what Tonga did. On that stage, in that in that moment in the in that moment in that year, yep. it it like it sort of stopped the world. Yeah, there were people everywhere: America, Hawaii, New Zealand. Yeah, I, I I had saw I'd seen videos of, of of players who were playing rugby in Japan. Yeah, like they they were just they were over the moon. Mate, I, I watched the game in Vegas, and there was a crowd. Yeah. Watching yeah. that game, there was it was this bar, and there was a crowd, yeah. and it was what because that was one of the best. That's one of the best games personally yeah. I've ever watched, and it's usually the international games which I right. yeah. which I like, and that was yeah. one of that's that's a beauty, mate. Like that's yeah. and the crowd was like behind him in Auckland, and yeah, they they and they and they and they were doing the same singing in hymns. Like I I got a call from Wolf after I broke my jaw, and he was like, "So are you going to be able to play?" And I said, "Look, they're telling me I'm not allowed to." Because yeah. my jaw is is going to be on the mend, I said. But if you pick me, I said, I promise you, I won't let it affect me. I said, I want to play. I want to play. And then he was like, No, I can't. I can't. I can't pick you because it'll be like if he gets injured again, then it'll be on his conscience. Mm. But yeah, and, the, and it was already been it had already been mentioned that year that we've got we've got everyone in for Tonga. They're all in. 
Wow. Um, and they, they said they said Andrew's ready. Andrew's coming. Um, Jason's going to come. Yeah. Fusa Tour is coming. Manu Mao is going to come. Um, yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone's coming home. And Absolutely so, wild. Who was Manu yeah. Mao playing at the time? Was he in England at the time? He was playing in New Zealand. He was playing yeah. for New Zealand. Yeah, so right. He was playing at Para. Yeah. But, he was playing at Para at that point. That would have been yeah. his last year, though, right? Before he went over to so. England. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, that, yeah, it, it was, it was gut wrenching every time I'd watch them play. Like, yeah, my wife, my wife would like always look at me, and I'd just try and not cry when they do the anthem. Yeah. Because it was just like, um, it was like I was like, just, I was happy for them, but at the same time, I just hated watching watching that and missing out and yeah it was like but I was like so happy for them especially like after they had beaten New Zealand that was that was like a life-changing thing seeing seeing how how like you know this small little nation can make so much noise Mm. and on on a on a grand stage like the World Cup of course yeah mate um it's 2018 now. You've gone over to the Gold Coast Titans. Garth Brennan, you 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 spoke up, you spoke about he was the main factor to get you over there. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So he was the he was the reserve grade coach at Penrith, right? Right. And so then he got the job up there, and so he knows you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had a lot of success in the reserve grade. Had a lot of success in the under twenties. Put his name forward for the Titans. Uh, I I've. So I, I was in the off season in Penrith and I and I've seen the press conference he had being appointed the new coach and I messaged him and I said, like you deserve this. Like you're 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 an awesome coach. Uh, and I so I had just signed another of like four year deal with at Penrith. Penrith at that time. Right. And so that was saying I, I was like, all right, sweet. Like after probably after these next four years, I'll probably think about retiring. And and then Breno and then Breno messages me back and he says, Well, I've got a spot up here for you if you want it. And then I was like, No, I, I not I've not thought about even leaving Sydney ever. Mm-hmm. And then over time rumors kept coming out and I kept squashing them. And then yeah. It was just the, uh, rumors about you leaving. Yeah, yeah. Rumors when, about me leaving were coming out. Lani, when when you get like when obviously you know these guys personally, you know Garth Brennan personally, and that. Did at what point does your manager get involved? Is he is he an in between man, or like Garth Brennan says something like that, and then you say something to your manager like, "Oh look, mate, there's an opportunity possibly. Yeah. Do you want to look into yeah. it for me, or does he already know?" I think it's a bit of both, and I think sometimes the agents say that. So that your you as a player are not thinking about anything else but footy because they always say, well, look, so and so is saying this, but I didn't tell you at the start because I didn't want you to worry about that. I just want you to worry about your your performance on the field. Um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of he said he said this, they said that. This is how much. This is what I've told them. And yeah, it basically basically Penrith were making way for James Maloney to come through. 
and unfortunately some of us were on the chopping block in order to free up space for him to come over Um, so that's in that year you had Mitch Rain signed there after playing I think he only had one year there or two one one year and then I, I went there then Bryce Cartwright followed me and then Pichu followed him Made yeah, up. And if you don't realise, when you're a fan, yeah. and I'm a fan of another side, so I'm yeah. not really you don't you don't take as much notice. And then when you say yeah. it just then, these four guys came up, and you go, oh, that makes total sense. No wonder, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were, yeah. Unfortunately, they had to make they had to make room in order to bring Maloney in. Um, yeah, I, I I've never spoken about it to the other three, but I I had no animosity towards. Penrith. Um, I the only thing that I questioned was, you know, like why, 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 why do I have to move on after I've just resigned? Hmm. But other than that, I, I just said, look, okay. Um, for me, for me, I've always moved not because of the money. I've always moved because of my faith. So wherever there was a church that was the same as the one in Sydney, that's where I moved. Yeah. So the Gold Coast had one exactly the way I had in Sydney. And that's and that's that's what helped me pick Gold Coast. It yeah. wasn't that it was it was beach, it was one one massive beach. It was cool, calm, collected there. Yeah. Um, everyone had a mad tan. It wasn't all <laughs> it was just it was just the fact that uh, I was able to go to a church that was the same as back home. Mm. Mate, Lani, you over the two years you were at the Gold Coast Titans, um, you played nine games. You had an right. injury-riddled season, like a couple seasons there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mate, um, now Nick and I, like we've we've done this podcast for a year, but we've had we've very strong strongly opinionated about the media, particularly of rugby league here, and we don't like them, mate. We right. we've gone through the archives of your transition from Penrith to the Titans. And I don't know if you read into it yourself or if you, like if it's impossible to not read into it yourself or if your family does it. But, yeah. mate, you were touted as the next the next big forward. And, mate, rightfully so. But, mate, I think the, the media here, they do that. They caveat that with, if you succeed, we were right. Or if you don't, oh, well, look, he didn't, he didn't go too well over there. Yeah. Mate, what I'm trying to get at is, did you read into the media the media stories about you when when you had an injury riddled couple seasons there. Did you read yeah, into their I, assessment of you? I I I, I tried not to yeah. because I felt as though that a lot of people were just keyboard warriors, which they are. And my wife actually was the one who would read into it, and mm. it would, would she respond? Yeah, she 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 always told me like I'm gonna make fake accounts and blow up and blow up. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I and I and I just said, don't read into it, like it's all right. And she said, Yeah, but like look what the, look at what they're saying about you. Mm. And I said, Well, like that's just part of the job description. Like yeah. if I like I chose to play a sport where I'm gonna get highly criticized, uh, I'm gonna be in the public eye. So I know I'm gonna cop a lot of flack and I know I'm not gonna impress a lot of people um in saying that i always use the analogy of if i had a 16 year old girl in front of me 
and she was she was my she and she was swiping my groceries mm. at Coles or somewhere, okay? And she wasn't going as fast as I wanted her to, and I abused her right then and there, mm. saying you ought to be fired. Your 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 work, your work, your drive to scan these items is crap. Mm. Is that is that fair? Uh, of course not. And they go, well, no, because she's a kid. I said, so is it fair that you you should you should give a lot of flack to a player? And yeah, they, it's all clickbait, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the media the media loves a good a good feel good story, mm. but they, they 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 their tails get up for for someone who falls from on high. Their tails fall when they, their tails get up when someone fails, when someone is touted as as something big, but they don't turn into that. Mm. Um, so I, I understand that. I understood that from from the get-go that you know the media will pretend to be my friend, but they'll bite they'll bite me in the backside the first chance they get. Was it tough during those two years? Like were they both injury riddled years? Look, I I played, I played the first four games or five games that I can remember of. Yeah. The game, the the round one game against Canberra, I'd broken, I'd I had done two fingers uh, in that game, and so I ended up playing the next week. Like I was supposed to be out for like at least four to five weeks with both of my fingers that were broken that that round one game, but. Garth just said, "Look, I need you to play. I need you to 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 stay strong for me because we were without Jared Wallace for a few of those weeks because I think he got in trouble with judiciary in that in that later end of the, of last season. So, yeah, I think it was up against I think it was up against St George where I didn't have a good game, and then it wasn't so much that I was injured; it was just that they had me." Playing Queensland Cup for a while. Yep. Who are you um, playing for at Queensland Cup? They had me playing it. So they said to me, "You can either pick Burley Bears or you can pick Tweed." They said Burley Bears is coming first. So obviously, if you go into that system, it's going to be easy for you to transition into because they're a successful team. Or you go to Tweed, which were near the bottom at that time. The way I looked at it was, if I go to Burley, I'm not going to get much. Same time. They, they already had ex-first graders playing there in that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas when I, whereas when I looked at Tweed, they had AJ Brimson. They had Milwaukee, Mo, Mo playing there. That, and they were just young bucks coming into the system. But they said, if you can't, if you, the, I, I said to myself, if I go to Tweed, at least, I'll be able to play more there and do more there than I can at Burley. Yeah. So Tweed Seagulls was the was the team. Yeah. And and lo and behold, it was coached by Christian Wolf's brother, Ben. Oh, really? Wow. So so that 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 sort of really just brought brought everything back into perspective of like both of the brothers were just down to earth, knew how to work. And knew how to use individual skill sets to bring everyone as a team. Wow! Um, so they, so they had great, they had great values. Both of those Wolf brothers. 
you're a first grader now. When you when you get told through injury or for whatever reason you've got to come back through the Queensland Cup, yeah. does it shit you a bit? Do you go, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I lived in Hope Island and it took me. So that's almost close to the top of the Gold Coast and Tweed's obviously down in the south. It used to take me about an hour to get there every day mm. and an hour back. And I I used to just, I hated it. I got, I got a bit depressed by it. Um, and that wasn't because of the club. That wasn't because of Tweed. That wasn't because of the players or the coach. It was the fact that, like, I'd signed a big deal to go up there and I felt as though... The harsh criticism was was wasn't fair from my coach. Um, I didn't care about what anyone else said. <clears throat> I, I just cared about what what my coach was telling me. And yeah, I ended up I ended up being depressed. Um, I was trying to use all different avenues to try and get my mind out of out of the gutter, but. What ended up happening was was the fact that I just looked at the perspective of right, I'm 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 still a first grade player, I still and I'm at Tweed where these boys are on the cusp of wanting to play NRL or get picked up by a club at some point. Like instead of being doom and gloom um, about everything, try and invest as much as you can back into the club mm. because. They've done. They did that for me, all the way from the the their CEO at the time, Paul Stevenson, who <clears throat> excuse me is is a part of the Titan system now. He was a great. He's an ex first grader as well, Paul Stevenson, and he understood what it was like to get dropped down. So he helped me in that in that aspect. Yeah, the players there, I knew some of them from Sydney as well, and yeah, Tweed, all in all helped me find my love back for the game. Wow. It wasn't the Titans. The Titans helped me. The Titans did a lot of things for me, but it was Tweed, Tweed Seagulls who who made me fall in love with the game again, with the way they do things. It was just all um, grassroots. Everything was grassroots on the ground back up. And it just helped me, it just helped reminded me that like what you're doing is a privilege. And some people won't ever get to get to do that. I guess you see that some of the guys you're playing with, they're still working as well. Yeah. They're working a job as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was and that's and that was the ethos of the Toyota Cup. You either you either work or you study or you're not playing. So it was a great avenue for 17 to 20 year olds who were coming into that system or under 20s to to start teaching them about accountability, responsibility, work ethic, that you can't just base it on rugby league because you might get injured and that might just be it for your whole career. And then you've got nothing to fall back on. And that was the reoccurring thing. If you're not working, if you're not studying, you're not going to play. Yeah. So, Lani, the Titans contract, um, was it cut short or did or was it only two years? It was, it was, it was cut short because I yeah. I had been signed there for three years. Yeah. Uh, so when Justin Holbrook had come, 
he had been talking about, oh, look, there's a lot of noise coming for you in the UK. Mm -hmm. And when he mentioned the UK, I was not ready for that. For that. I was like, no, just my agent will probably get me a, um, just a base salary at, in a Sydney club. Yep. And that's fine with me. Um, but then that wasn't the case. I wasn't, I wasn't really getting much interest back home. So yeah. it was either I play one more year in the Gold Coast, get my pay packet, and then pack my bags and, and go back home and hope that someone picks me up. Or it was to go to England and play rugby over here and make something of it over here. So you've, you made that jump in 2020 and you signed a two-year deal with the Warrington Wolves? Yep. Mate, um, Steve Price is the coach, so the ex-Dragons um, coach. Um, you've gone over to Warrington, but you didn't get a start straight yeah. away. Can you tell us right. what's, what's happened there? Yeah, so <clears throat> a bit of a backstory. Steve Price was an assistant to Wayne Bennett when St. George had just won the grand final. Yep. Wayne Bennett gave me a ring after my first SG Ball season when I was 17 playing in the under-18s, and he said, I want you to come down to St. George. Really? And I and I was, like, taken back by it because I was like, oh, this is Wayne Bennett. He gave me a call to say, oh, look, I want you down here. I really think you can um, be used in a really – in a good, in a really good way for our for our team moving forward, mm. and I was really considering it. Um, and then it come out that he signed with Newcastle, mm. and then Steve Price gave me a ring, mm. and he said, "Look, we still want you down at St George." And I said to him, I said to him on the phone, "Look, no disrespect to you, but I was only going to go down there for Wayne." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to stay at the Bulldogs. Yeah. And. Believe it or not, when he rang me for Warrington, that was the first thing he he spoke about, Tim. Really? <laughs> he remembered. And I was like, bro, I was, I was, I was like 17. <laughs> <laughs> More than 10 years ago. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I said, you got to move on, Steve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, look, I when, I, when I when I got to Warrington, I wasn't in the right shape. Mm-hmm. And it took a few it took a few weeks for me to get back into that shape. They had a great, they've got a great facility. They've got great trainers and staff there, and they all helped me yeah. massively. Um, but yeah, it was just. And then on top of that, when I did get myself ready, he, uh, Pricey had a had a um, a belief of the young kids who were there who had earned their stripes were going to get a first crack at playing. Yep. Uh, my reason, my reason to that was, well, you've got, you've got someone who's played over 70 games of NRL who has experience and you're willing to put someone on debut over someone who has experience. Yep. Um, that was my reasoning behind it, but, yeah, unfortunately, that's that that that's the way it was. You know, Warrington um, at the time, Steve Price just, um, I suppose, didn't have full confidence in in me, in in me just yet. So I had to just bide my time with it. Really, 
you got a few games with them and then yeah. you go on so that, that's when COVID hit. COVID hit. Yeah, that was gonna ask actually about that. It's yeah. um that that affected the season majorly. Right. But um how did how did Warrington kind of deal with that and the players when that first hit? Yeah, so we had to we so obviously Super League's not as well well funded as the NROs. No. So the Super League had talked about getting salary cuts, a percentage of salary cuts done um, throughout the league, but it wasn't a it wasn't a based salary cut for everyone. Every club had a different had a different percentage. So is that because there's no but, union there, Lardy? Is there, is there, is there no yeah, union? Yeah, yeah. There's no union there. Yeah. So, right. um, so Toronto Wolfpack, the, can, the Canadian team, yeah, they had to give up 70% of their wage. That's good. They got flicked. Yeah. Was that when Sonny Bill yeah. had signed? Yeah. 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 So he had to give up. He had to give up about, what, 60% of that whatever couple million that he had yeah. per year. That he, had he got to signed up. for five million a year, Sonny. Yes, yeah, yeah, something ridiculous. big salary cut. Yeah, um, yeah. COVID, COVID. Well, COVID, COVID was was pretty bad over here when it hit. But when when it gave me time to get my body ready, so I'd like stripped another like 10, 12 kilos off me, and yeah. I was and I was and I was peaking. I hit the ground running when I when we got back into training, and then yeah, lo and behold, they. Some players had gotten COVID and then I, I ended up getting my shot at playing. And the game that I debuted, there was, I think there was like maybe about four or five debutants mm-hmm. as well. And then some of the players, some of the key players were injured in that game for Warrington. So yeah. we were playing Hull FC and all, all that Steve Price was talking to us about was saying that the media has it against you. They don't believe that you're that you are going to win. So he was using that as motivation for us to sort of ramp up, ramp up for the game. And then we ended up beating them comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. You have a good game. <clears throat> yeah, scored a try. So, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a few games, and then now I'm not too sure what happens here and, I'm, and correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, but did you go on loan to Widner's Vikings in the championship division? Yeah. So I, so I got here, I got here and then they put me in, um, they put me in this, it was like the New South Wales cup for them over yeah. here. Uh, and that was with Warrington. So I got to play one game, literally maybe about four days after I had just gotten in. Yeah. I just flown in, and then after that, they had a break. the 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 first grade squad had a break, and then they ended up having me go to Witness for one game. Right, and Witness Wolves at the time was coached by Tim Sheens. Right, so I I I was like, oh wow, like I'm I'm going to be coached for one week by Tim Sheens. Like this, like this is like up there now yeah one of my highlights so positive experience yeah get to be coached by a great a great mind like tim sheens and literally that's how he was he was just a great mentor a great person to speak speak to and 
he understood the transition and how tough it was moving away from Australia to to England. And yeah, he just really helped me. We versed we versed London Broncos that game, and yeah. I got concussed that game. Mm. But yeah, it was just a good experience playing for them. Even to this day, like people still remember me playing just one game for them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I just told them, I said, it was just one game. <laughs> and they said, yeah, it does. That's like, you put on the Vikings jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. How do, you, how do you find the difference between the fans there and the fans here? Mate, the fans here are just really passionate. They do not shut up. The, the, the stands is like... What's a good example? Uh, Suncorp, even even tight, even the Titans field. Um, it just feels like you can feel the 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 breathing on your neck. Yeah, they're, right. that, they're that close to the field. They're there, um, and they're always chanting. They've always got chants for yeah. every player. That's crazy. <laughs> That's chant. so good. Crazy. And I, 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 my first game that I sat there and I watched it was it was Warrington against Wigan. Wigan had been piping up because George Burgess had just signed for big money there. Yeah. And I was in the stands and then well, I couldn't even hear myself talk or think. That's crazy. Everyone, so, like, you got one side that is all Warrington home fans and they're chanting and giving it to the other side, which is all Wigan. <laughs> and they're just like that. Like, I, like That's so good. Singing, singing these chants and, like, giving it to each other. Yeah. And then every time someone scored, then they would sing a chant to the to the losers, <laughs> and it was just funny because all you hear, all you're seeing is that from everyone, and then the team that 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 got scored against is like just sitting, just standing there, not doing anything, and it was just <laughs> yeah, so entertaining, man. Yeah, it's just a, it's a spectacle to watch and spectacle to be part of. Yeah, mate, 2021 now, you and Warrington mutually part ways. And you, again, correct me if I'm wrong, you retire from the game after that. Is that right? Yeah. So I, you are probably, user pro, I think you are the first to actually announce, announce it. Is that right? Yeah. You are the first to announce it. So I've, I've had a, a podcast prior to this and yeah. he was going to mention it and mm. I wasn't, I, I wasn't ready for it yeah. to, to be brought out. But yeah, you are the first to announce it. That's why there's been no media. Not that I'm saying that there would be. Yeah. But yeah, I so I I even spoke to the players' union back home, mm. told them yeah I'm hanging the boots up. I put it out there. Um, but I just said you know please try and keep it on the hush. Yeah. I don't want anyone knowing. I don't want anyone questioning me. Um, but I just feel as though like. Since since everything sort of went ahead with Warrington, it just mentally drained me. Was there was there some is there bad blood for, for lack of a better term with the club and your, no, your parting lines? Uh, look, but uh, because of like reasons that I can't disclose. Yeah, of course. There, there was just there was just things there <clears throat> that we didn't mutually agree with, and and. During the whole the whole process of trying to finalize things and, and 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 getting a settlement done and dusted, 
it just mentally fatigued me. It mentally yeah. drained me of, of rugby league. Um, I didn't want to play rugby league anymore. Yeah. But I would still be a part of it in some capacity, but just coaching. I wouldn't play anymore. Like coaching juniors that's, and stuff. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's been about it. That and that's what it's what that's what it's been from last year till this year. Uh, coaching a um, an under 15s now under 16s team. Yeah, they're called Latchford Giants. Yeah, uh, great, great, great team, great club. But the it's just being able to impart your knowledge and watching them take that and do whatever do whatever with it that they want to do with it. That's 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 just seeing. And if they succeed, then it's just like another way of like me saying, yeah, like what a, that, that, that's a good moment. That's like, awesome. I, I, I compare that moment of watching a kid grow up and, and be something to me actually playing still rugby league. It's to impart your knowledge on them. Yeah, that's is, that 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 you, I still get a high like as if I'm still playing. Of course, watching watching a kid do that because that's something that I've always been passionate about. That's wanting awesome. To help, wanting to help kids, wanting to help them be better players, be better people out of it. How did you get? How did you get involved with that particular club? Well, my so I had a teammate who was good friends with the coach at the time, and. I didn't know he was the coach. I I had been so I heard all this Yahoo at the front of my at the front of my house and I walked out and there was a uh, like a fun run being being done on my street and uh, these kids were raising money in order to um, go on a trip at the end of the year and it ended up being that team. And then I ended up talking to the parents about it. And then I said, look, if you ever need help with anything, um, you know, here's my number. I'll give it to the coach. Tell him to give me a ring. And then lo and behold, the coach, I, I had already knew. And he was like, oh, do you want to come down yeah. and um, and help me, like, assist me in coaching the squad? And I said, yeah, all right. And then that's been it. Yeah. Awesome. So it's, it's been good, man. Yeah. Are you still over in England? Uh, are you going to park up there or are you going to come back to Australia? What are you going to do? For now, for now, I'm doing, um, I'm, for now, I'm a, I'm a teacher teaching awesome. what they call outdoor ed over here, but it's like similar to, to physical education back home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm working out at a uh, referral, it's a, it's a referral unit where, the bad kids that you find in mainstream who can't handle mainstream school, they all get put in this school. Yeah, okay. So uh, every day is never a dull day. I every bet. Day is always an interesting day because you're yeah. not just a teacher to them. You're a therapist, a counsellor, an ER, sometimes a punching bag. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... It it has it has its bad days, but overall mm. it's it's a it's a really good experience because um, I can sympathise with these kids. Yeah, of because I've I've lived what they've lived. I've mm. gone through what they've gone through, and um, sometimes there's a sometimes there's a mentality of 
like a professional standard. You don't want to give too much away for them to understand anything about your personal life. Whereas I take the approach of if they understand that I know what they're feeling because yeah. I've done it, then at least they understand that. All right, so he's not he's not just a normal Joe Blow. Like he actually understands what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. So yeah, I can cool. I can be able to go. I can be able to walk up to him and speak to him. Yeah, so that's awesome, bro. Lani, just to wrap us up, quick fire questions. We do this with every interview that we yep. conduct. Hit me. Your worst injury in your career? Jaw. My jaw, because I couldn't eat, couldn't eat meat. Oh. Remember, uh, Marco Mealy said the same thing. He tried to blend steaks. I did. I did. He did. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It just oh, wow. turned so picture picture like falafel mints. Yeah. Yeah. Before before you put it on a skewer. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just had um, to eat it like, like yeah. Just had how to long did it take like, you to recover? Three months. Oh jeez. Yeah. So I was still recovering with it whilst watching the World Cup that year. Yeah, right. Okay. So probably good, probably good you didn't play then. Yeah. Well, the first week I dropped 12 kilos. Wow. That's, that's amazing. After coming Crazy. out of surgery. Um, wow. After the first day, I rang my physio. I said, how long do I need to be out for before I can come back to training? Because I hate staying at home. She said, you need to go a whole week without your painkillers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I took the painkillers the first day I got home, and then I bit the bullet for the Didn't take them again. Didn't take them again. Well, you would have been up, sore, right? Yeah. Showed up to training on the Monday without telling anyone. Yeah. And I said, uh, I'm back. I'm training now. And they said, yeah, but you're not allowed to. I said, yeah, but you told me I couldn't take my pain meds for a week. I didn't. Wow. Yeah. And they were like, all right, sweet. Come back in. <laughs> um, your favourite footballing moment in your career? It'd be the – actually, it wouldn't even be any of the highest moments. The, the moment that is my highest is playing in the – eliminating final, eliminating playoff game against the Dogs. I was going to ask you that. I actually brushed over that question. What was it like to to knock out the side that basically you, you so went they through? Didn't want you. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I don't know if, if, you've, if you've seen it, but there's like an interview for Panthers TV of me crying. The guy, the guy asked me like why, like, like why, like, what does it mean to to win? And I and I literally say that this was my first encounter with the club that didn't want me mm. This is my first game where I got to play against the Bulldogs. Every other time, I was I wasn't I was either not picked, I was either injured, or I was in the New South Wales Cup. Uh, and that that was like a big moment. And I and it was it was big because I had. Josh Morris come up to me. I had James Graham come up to me. And they said, you know, we're so happy with what you're doing at, at Penrith. Mm. Like you're you you've you've become you've become someone that you know we've had to look out for in in our in our um, reviews. Oh, that's that's massive. And that was like a massive thing to me mm. when they said that to me. They were like, like you like we're so happy that. You're you're killing it here at Penrith. That's sick. Um, yeah. So that that was something that I took away away from it. Jimmy Graham sounds like a champion. 
from yeah. From he was also counts. the one. He was also the one that broke my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> so he's definitely uh, no. He's not a complete yeah. champion then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, mate. Um, who was the best player you played beside? Uh, I'd have to say Thurston. Got to play one game with him for the All Stars at New in Newcastle. Just a freak. Everything that you hear, the media, the greats talk about him. He just he 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 comes in full of humor. He's loud, but as soon as we cross that white line and we start training, he's 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 vocal. He's telling me right where we're going to get to the post. We're going to do that play here. We're gonna we're getting at him out that that other the other half, mm. like. And he was like that in the game. The TV may not have picked it up, but he was like that in the game. So whenever I was on the sideline, I could hear him. When I was on the when I was in the game, he was in my ear from behind. You get at him, you'll get a quick play of the ball. Crazy. So he just read he was like 10 steps ahead. Yeah, always. Always. Wow. Yeah. Mate, um, best player you played against. IQ wise, Kevin Smith. I could never, never take my eyes off of him. And our coach always said, "You can't take, you can't have a breather if you think that he's going to go one way and he ends up coming back the other way." Strength wise, it'd be Asafa Solomona. Yeah, right. Um, and then, and then Tao Malolo was just a handful. You would have been a beast. Yeah. So 120 kilos with fleet feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very dangerous. Yeah. Mate, um, your, th- your three favourite rugby league personalities that you met during your career? Probably a tough question because you would have met a million of them. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I would go Frank Pritchard yep. at Bulldogs. He was a big brother to me and a big mm-hmm. brother to a lot of the players. Um, and then at Penrith, Jesus, too many at Penrith. Uh, ooh, three biggest personalities. I, 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 would, I, I would say I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed like Jamie Soud. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. he was a personality. He was good. He was funny. Funny guy, yeah. Yeah, funny fellow. Loud, like really <laughs> loud. But yeah, he it the the energy he brought to training and the enthusiasm was always there. And that and it was infectious the way he did things. Um and probably geez. I mean I, I I would probably pick um, GI when I was at the All Stars. Yeah, yeah. GI GI just he was like just this pillar that people could go to, talk to, confide in, and he always looked after you. Um, even when he came here to Warrington, over on the other side of the world, like we caught up. Yep. And um, yeah, he 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 was a he's a, a great mentor. Good, good fellow to just talk to and and to lean on because he he always had time for everyone. That's awesome. 
Mate, favourite coach? Favourite coach? I, I would say Griffin. Yeah? Yeah. I've had, I've had Garth. I've had Ivan. I've had Des. Yeah. Um, and even Holbrook. Holbrook. Holbrook is up there as well. For my small time there, I liked. He had, he had a more nicer approach than Hook, <laughs> a more a more calming approach than Hook. Yeah. But he 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 came from that same tree. Like he had the same values, the same morals, and everything. He knew how to bring guys to to their best potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed it, mate. You said you were fifteen when you got your first paycheck. Is that right? Yeah. What did you spend it on? <laughs> I think I bought. I think I bought. What was it? The PS2. Oh yeah, it would have been. PS3. <laughs> it would have been then. Yeah. 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 I, I think. I think that's what I just bought. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Didn't really do much else. Like, I was too tired for anything. I was too tired <laughs> to go. All I wanted to do was just chill. If I wasn't yeah. playing rugby, I just wanted to just sleep. Yeah. And chill fair enough. Room. Yeah. Sorry, I got paid a thousand. It was a thousand dollars for the year. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that that's what that's massive money as a fifteen. Back then, that's big. Yeah. yeah. Well, my mum, my mum put majority of it in my savings account, so I couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, that's good. So I only had enough just to buy the PS3, and then that was it. <laughs> Fair Mate, your favorite rugby league moment of all time? The the um, two thousand and four. When Bulldogs beat Roosters, oh, you get like that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you, cuz. Because I, 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 I remember I sat there, and that whole year, I remember I, I used to go to a few of their games. And as soon as yeah. like they the when Tulsa Stadium used to have their home games, they used to build it with who let the dogs out. Yeah, that's right. And then and then it would just hit, and then everyone would be up in awe, dancing and everything. So, like, when I watched them beat the Roosters, like, and I'm living in Wiley Park yeah, as well. So, like, as soon as the buzzer hit, everyone's just out on the street, yahooing, go the dogs, yep. everyone in blue and white. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that one. If you were to start up a club tomorrow, which, is, which three current players would you pick and why? Oh, wow. Wow. That's a tough question, now. Huh? Yeah. I would pick I would pick Cameron Munster. He's got a knack for directing and he knows he knows what he wants. He yep. knows how to get things, he knows how to um, lead a team around the park and he's strong. He's strong, he's a strong runner as well. And yep. he's deceptive and he's smart with his kicking game. I would pick him. I would pick, I'd pick uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, for the Waker. For the Waker from, yeah. from the Titans. Yep. I think he's, he, I I remember I signed on and Garth was speaking about him. He said, oh, we've got this Tongan boy that's like been throwing everyone around in the gym in wrestling. And then just to see him bloom, like blossom into a household name already. Playing Origin, yeah. I think he's twenty or twenty-one. <laughs> um, he's be unbelievable, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he and he and he's another humble, another another humble kid. Yep. 
who just grits his teeth every time. I would pick him, Munster, and and I, I've just realised I've picked two Queenslanders as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'd probably pick Cleary. Yeah, fair yep. enough. I mean, guys, the next yeah. JT slash Johnsy. Yeah. Well, I remember, half, I, I? <laughs> yeah, I remember he. I remember. I remember he was doing his exam. He was doing an exam paper at training before he. Like I think this was the year before he debuted. Really, yeah. I remember him in his school gear in, in at Penrith. This was before we moved into the excellent, the center of excellence. Yep, and. Yeah, he was just doing an exam, an exam in there. But yeah, I remember his debut game when he debuted against Melbourne. Killed it. Yeah. 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 Another one destined for the. Well, he's already buddy. Hit high heights. Yeah. He's just gonna keep hitting high heights, don't you think? He's just gonna get. Yeah, he's just gonna get an Australian jersey now. Yeah. Mate, um, who's the best player currently? Uh, I, I I would say Clue. Yep. Who's winning the NRL Grand Final in 2022? I'm going to go with Penrith. Penrith? Yeah. Uh, Super League Grand Final? So I'll, I'll, I'll go St. Helens again. Four in a row, eh? Four in a row. And two in a row for Penrith. That's what you're picking? Yeah. Yep. Mate, the final question I have for you is why did you come on the show today to share your sideline story? I, well, firstly, because of our mutual connection. Yep. Uh, secondly, it, it's always a privilege just to be on a podcast and to, to speak about anything that pertains from either my life or to rugby league. And it's always... It's all, and I and I take it, I take it with both hands, and I understand that, you know, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, "Oh, we heard what you said on the podcast," and like it's helped me. Mm. So I understand that it may not be now, but down the track, someone will someone will listen to this, and in one way or another, it will affect them. Yeah, and so. That's and that's with any podcast that I that I do. Mm-hmm. That I know I, I know that it may not be now, but down the track it'll it'll help someone. Yeah. So yeah, that's why. Fantastic answer, mate. Thank you, Lani, for <coughs> sharing your sideline story with us today. And congratulations on everything that you've achieved during your career. Mate, you're a champion. Again, thanks for coming on. No worries, well. Thanks, Thanks, Cheers, mate. Bro.